By listening to the Conscious Fertility Podcast, you agree to not use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician or healthcare provider for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Welcome to Conscious Fertility, the show that listens to all of your fertility questions so that you can move from fear and suffering to peace of mind and joy. My name is Lauren Brown. I'm a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine and a clinical hypnotherapist. I'm on a mission to explore all the paths to peak fertility and joyful living. It's time to learn how to be and receive so that you can create life on purpose. Today on the Conscious Fertility Podcast, we're going to be talking about donor eggs and donor egg cycles with Dr. Aryu Zhang. I want to do a little introduction. I know Aryu well because she's over at Olive Fertility Clinic here in Vancouver, BC. So Acubalance and Olive, we have this nice integrative relationship for our patients. But Dr. Zhang is a reproductive endocrinologist and an infertility specialist. She was born in Beijing, China, and grew up in Ottawa, Canada. Um, Dr. Zhang received her medical degree from the University of Calgary, then went on to residency in obstetrics and gynecology at the University of British Columbia here in Vancouver. She then completed her fellowship in reproductive endocrinology and fertility at the University of Ottawa. She's a registered sonographer in obstetrical and gynecology ultrasound with the American Registry for Diagnostic Medical uh, Sonography. She's also a clinical assistant professor at UBC and spends much of her time teaching fellows and residents. She also sits on the REI Committee of the Society of OBGYNs of Canada, helping develop national practice guidelines, and she also is a peer reviewer for reproductive um, endocrinology and infertility journals, and she has a research background in fertility and psychology, which is why she's a great fit for our conscious fertility topics today. And she understands the physiological impact of infertility on her patients, which I believe makes her a great asset in the field of fertility, having that background. And obviously, she's committed to optimizing pregnancy rates while reducing treatment burden. And uh, today, we're going to talk about donor egg cycles. And are you? I was just wondering, like, how do you even breach this topic when you have to tell patients or advise patients about doing a donor egg cycle? Because... I imagine most of them are really set on using their own eggs. So how does that even conversation come up? And who is the population that is usually this that this is being recommended for? First off, thank you, Lauren, for the lovely introduction and for inviting me to this podcast. That's a great question. There's lots of potential candidates for donor egg. In some cases, it's a very clear reason why someone might need donor egg. And so the conversation might go a little bit easier on how to broach it. And sometimes patients already know coming into the consultation that they need donor egg. For example, if a patient has gone through uh, early menopause, for example, and has no more periods, and it's very clear that they need donor eggs to conceive. And a lot of them have seen a gynecologist and were previously counseled on that too. Other times, it's definitely uh, challenging, as you say, as it's not a couple's first uh, intention to conceive their family through donor eggs. Um, I think for many people, their view is they want their own biological material and their own genetics to be carried forward to their offspring. So it is a bit more of a challenging conversation. A lot of the time, the person with ovaries in the relationship is older and 
they don't have many eggs left, or perhaps the eggs are poor quality, or sometimes they've had an unsuccessful IVF cycle. And it's always a, a very sensitive conversation. Some of it involves seeing where they're at in terms of how they see their family and how aggressive they want to pursue treatment. And some of it is getting a sense of, you know, do you want a child using a fertility treatment that, that has the highest uh, success rates possible? And, and in many situations that is using donor egg, but many other patients don't want to consider using donor egg. You know, they want to do everything they can using their own eggs, but are not ready or will never be ready for donor eggs. So a lot of it is getting a sense of where the patient is coming from, what they're interested in, in terms of uh, fertility treatments and, and options. And when they come to you and let's say they're not ready for donor egg cycle, because it seems like there is a process, like people have to go through the process. Very few. I mean, there's always the exception. Very few come in saying, I'm ready and wanting to use donor egg cycles. If somebody is 40 and they've had repeated uh, unsuccessful uh, cycles, would you guys entertain and still allow people to continue to try with their own eggs? Or is there like, now? no, you have to do donor eggs? It's definitely a collaborative decision because sometimes us as physicians, we don't know, perhaps they will achieve success at some point, but it might require many, many cycles. And I wish I had a crystal ball and sometimes it success may come just with continued persistence. But in some cases, it is a little bit more clear cut as to when it's no longer recommended to do IVF with your own eggs. Yeah. So is, is there like, no, you have to do donor eggs or you will allow people to kind of come to that place. I call it like sometimes they need to find their closure. So right. um, they may need one or two more cycles. Yep. So if they have infinite money and time, because money sometimes is the reason people will move into donor egg because they want to start that family now and you can bring it up to them. You can either do another cycle with your own eggs. We may not get what you want or we can move into donor egg where you have a higher success rate. But if money is infinite or IVF was free, in your practice, while you're recommending donor egg, do you allow them to kind of find their way to that closure so they're going into donor egg like ready, knowing they've done everything they can? For sure. Yeah, I would let them do another cycle. There's certain times where I would tell them like, look, if you go ahead with another cycle with your own eggs, it's almost a, almost a certainty that the same thing will happen. But it's not always the case. So if they're just not ready for donor egg, then you're just not ready. And so it's always a decision that we make together based on where the patient's at. Ari, can you kind of list just what are the common conditions that you see that you're like, okay, maybe it's time to move towards donor egg. And then we can talk a little bit more about the process and success rate that's involved. I guess to finish answering your question, certainly in many um, situations like where the patient is not quite ready for donor egg and they want to do more cycles of IVF, most of the time, I think it makes sense. It's worthwhile to try. But to add to that, there is a population of patients, particularly you know, in women over uh, 43, 44, where we know like biologically that the vast majority of the eggs in the ovaries are abnormal and will not lead to a successful pregnancy where it's a bit more of a stronger recommendation to go towards donor eggs. And certainly the chance of having a baby from one's own eggs past the age of 45, 46 is exceedingly low. And it's extremely rare that IVF would be successful in that situation. So 
when a patient comes in and they're in their mid or late 40s, then often the, the recommendation would be to go straight to tone rig. And then some of the things that are just not so much biological based on age or quality, but like if you have two men, you have a gay couple, um, they'll For often sure. use one of the one of the men's sperm and then they'll use a donor egg, I'm assuming. That's exactly it. Yeah. So there's lots of reasons why someone might consider donor eggs. So um, if no one in the partnership has ovaries with eggs, then such as uh, same-sex uh, male couples, they need to use an egg donor. If the person has premature ovarian insufficiency and they've gone into early menopause, they would need an egg donor. Of course, if patients are older, they've tried IVF with their own eggs and that was unsuccessful. Those are the three main categories of people who might need donor eggs. And you guys do like, I know some IVF related to cancer treatments. So some women after their cancer treatments also may need donor eggs based on the treatment for the cancer if it damages the egg quality, I'm assuming. Exactly. There's chemotherapy and radiation that can be toxic to the eggs and put people at risk of earlier menopause. And so some people have already come to us, already done that treatment, and we find that they have no eggs left to uh, be able to have a successful IVF cycle, and then they consider donor eggs as well. And because that biological drive to want to use your own eggs, what kind of support do you guys offer to the psychological side of it for helping them to come to terms with, okay, I'm going to have my family, but it may not be exactly how I thought I would get there. Is there, is there a support that you guys, that's available to these men and women to help them on this journey as they come to terms with using um, donor eggs in their IVF process? We do. And it's not actually something that we just offer, but it's actually a requirement by Health Canada that anyone who's considering um, using donor eggs or donor sperm or surrogates, any kind of third-party reproduction requires that the person, the intended parents, seek counseling. So it, it's not a test. It's not kind of a, a checkbox, but it's more of a conversation for the patient to be to be had with a counselor. And I think they ask a lot of good questions and get their concerns and questions addressed. And so we require that everyone sees a counselor. And we also offer uh, support groups at Olive for patients and um, recommend other things like mindfulness for fertility for patients. And there's resources for that too. Do you ever see anybody that has regrets? Because it's been my experience that it takes a lot of energy and process mentally to come to terms to do donor eggs. And then once they've made that decision and they do the donor egg cycle and they get a baby, I've only heard one regret. This is the only regret in my 20 plus years of practice is that I can't believe I wasted so much time doing all these IVF cycles. I could be holding this baby sooner. So it's a good regret. They love their baby right. so much that they just wish they had brought this baby into their life even sooner than they had. I suppose that's a good regret to have. I personally haven't seen the opposite regret where they have a baby and they regret not trying more with their own eggs. Um, I do have instances where a patient was kind of mentally accepting of donor eggs because she was a bit older and single and said, well, I know that when I look into my baby's eyes, it will be mine. And I know that, okay, throughout whatever I've done, whether my own eggs or donor eggs, it, we, I was waiting for you. It was just, right. it's not so much where the egg came from, but once she has her baby, that, that would be, that would be it. Yeah. And, and also I see women too, who maybe have already had a child who are now older contemplating their second baby and 
course they're older and their eggs are older. And many people don't want to pursue donor eggs because they feel, okay, if I, you know, I don't want to be too aggressive with this. If I don't have a baby, I already have, I already have one. It's okay. I'll leave it at that. But some still want to pursue um, having that second child. And in many cases, donor eggs would give them the highest chance of that. And I've had patients who did donor egg for their second baby and haven't heard any regrets from them. And even some of them expressed doubt that they would have the same kind of bond compared to when they were using their own biological eggs. But one patient said that, you know, I had doubts, but definitely don't have any issues bonding. And it was all, you know, as if she had delivered her own biological child. Yeah, it seems like we have those shared experiences because a lot of the women I see, some of them, some of them struggle going into the donor egg, but none of them in my practice have that doubt or regret after. Like you said, they look in their baby's eyes and it's their baby. They love, it just feels right. It's good to know for women that are listening because some of them are thinking about this now and they're having that same thought. And so I guess that's what's to be expected. That's what all the other women have gone before you a lot of them struggled to come to that place. It really was soul searching, a lot of support, counseling. And then um, when they went through it, the process, and they get to hold their baby through the donor cycle, um, thus far, no regrets. They all, it's their baby, 100%, all them. Mm-hmm. You've talked about the success rate. What is the success rate? If somebody's trying on their own in their prime, I was told like it's 20 30% every cycle in your prime. What is it with donor egg cycles? What are you guys seeing using donor egg cycles? What's kind of the success rate that's out there? Because my understanding is it's much higher than the typical using your own eggs in your prime naturally. For sure. Well, when you're using donor eggs, so you've already created an embryo from that donor's eggs with the sperm. So if you've already created an embryo from a donor egg, the success rate of that embryo is roughly 60 to 65% pregnancy rates. And the risk of miscarriage is equivalent to that of the egg donor, the age of the egg donor, which is they're usually in their 20s. So you have about a 10% risk of miscarriage. And that's per embryo. And often with these donor egg programs, they offer assured refund structures where they offer essentially a live birth or you get all of your financial commitment refunded to you. So in, the, in which case, then donor egg can have up to 100% success rate. You just keep doing embryo transfers until you have a baby. Wow. So that's nice to know that you guys have that part of program where there's that risk sharing. So what I heard is they can continue going until they have a live birth. Um, and if they don't, then they there's the financial part at least is reimbursed. Exactly. And that's really nice to know that um, despite the huge financial commitment, there is a, a guarantee at the end of it that they will bring home a baby. And so that's really nice to know that, you know, after all the uncertainty of all these multiple IVF cycles with your own eggs, that there is a treatment that can actually offer a guarantee. And that must hopefully give some confidence that the success rate must be pretty good if they're willing to do that. <laughs> so exactly. That's good. Yeah, they would not be interested in having that guarantee if it did not work well for them. And that's why moving towards a donor egg, like somebody just trying naturally in their prime, in their, in their late 20s, in their early 20s, is a 20 to 30% each cycle, and you're saying 60% plus. So donor egg, somebody's looking for their best chance, highest chance of having a child, especially at any age, but in your 40s and beyond, then donor egg really gives you an opportunity to grow your family. Exactly. 
What's the process then here? And let's talk about for our Canadians, at least that we're, that are going to be listening. Cause I know there's every country has their rules, but we know the Canadian rules back in the day, my early two thousands when I was practicing the donor eggs were like the, they had to kind of sync the recipient, the woman that's going to receive the embryos with the donor in the States. It was kind of really bizarre how this was happening back in the day. And, uh, it's changed now at the time of this recording. So can you kind of walk us through how people get to do donor eggs? Like it sounds like it's almost like the dating app where they can look at donors and kind of choose certain characteristics and qualities. So how, how is this process working? Like how do they get to find out their donor? And what about ethnicity? Is there ways to, you know, if you people want the child to look similar to them, right? So sometimes people want to choose ethnicity. So can you kind of walk us through the process of what uh, a woman and or a man couple would be doing through a, um, a donor egg process. For sure. Even to backtrack, what you're referring to are the anonymous egg donation programs where there's banks of you know, hundreds of donors out there with your right, their ethnicity, age, even you know, educational background, their hobbies, full profiles. So that's all available. And there's various egg banks, especially uh, in Canada, that we mainly work with. The other way is to go with someone that you know, such as a friend or a family member who essentially gifts you her eggs and goes through the process of IVF, obtains the eggs that way, and then create embryos there with the sperm of choice. So kind of two routes, known and anonymous, which is now called non-identified egg donation. And how that, how the non-identified egg donation works is People receive information on the donor egg companies. They each have their own egg banks. They have certain criteria that you know the, the patient is looking for. So they essentially choose one. And often the, all the egg donors are screened for genetic diseases, and that is matched against the profile of this, the uh, sperm provider to make sure that there's no you know, rare genetic condition that both the egg and sperm carry. So there's genetic screening involved. And really, it's a very personal decision how that person, how the person or the couple picks their egg donor. And at all of, do you have that kind of set up or do you get them in touch with the donor egg company? Exactly. We have a nurse coordinator who gives the patient the information about the donor egg companies and then the patient seeks out the companies uh, directly and picks an egg donor through their websites. And then the difference between like doing an IVF with your own eggs and a donor egg cycle is for the recipient, it's like a frozen embryo transfer for her. She's just being, her line is being prepared to receive the embryo and the embryo is being created in your lab. So you take the donor egg and then the sperm of her choice, create the embryo in the lab, and then that gets transferred. Exactly. So depending on which donor egg company you work with, the company will either ship us frozen eggs, then we thaw them in our lab, fertilize them with the sperm, create the embryos and freeze them. Or we ship the company, the frozen sperm, and they create the embryos in whichever lab it is, often the States, create the embryos there and, sh and freeze them and ship them to all of. So um, either we receive the frozen eggs or we receive the frozen embryos. And generally, we do frozen embryo transfer cycles. So whatever embryos are created from those frozen thawed eggs, then we, there's no synchronization involved. We just freeze them, then we know what we have, 
And whenever it's most convenient for the patient and her menstrual cycle, we then plan that frozen embryo transfer. And so from the individual's perspective, it's like they're doing a frozen embryo transfer. Exactly. Just the same way. It's interesting because I'm thinking of my colleague, um, Randine Lewis, back in, I think it was around 2005. This goes way back, are you? But 2005 to 2008-ish. But she was sharing about how curious she was about these donor egg cycle babies. And she came from the place of we're young, physically young, but spiritually mature when we have our kids. And so we have these kids and we're physically strong. We can abuse our body and we have these babies, but we really don't have our life in order, right? You know, we're trying to figure out who we are. We're trying to establish ourselves. Or if you conceive later in life, like you're in your late 30s or early 40s, you're spiritually mature, but physically, as you said, there's a lot of abnormal eggs that just don't have the physicality. And so the child gets the spiritual maturity of being raised by a mother who knows who she is, but physically they might have inherited not a such strong gene pool. And she says, the babies from donor egg cycles get best of both worlds. They're getting the physicality from a younger egg, and they're going to be gestated and raised by a woman that has, as she put it, has her shit together. <laughs> She's spiritually mature, <laughs> right? And she said, these kids are going to be really special because they got both the physicality and the spirituality as their environment. I always think about that when I think of women that go through donor cycles, how the start that their children have is pretty cool. Yeah. And the good news with this is, um, you know, the egg ages quite dramatically, particularly past the age of 40, but the uterus doesn't age in the same way. And that's why donor egg works so well is that women can conceive and carry a pregnancy. And most of them have a healthy pregnancy well into your mid to late 40s. And that's quite possible because the uterus is, you know, despite the maturity of, of us as people, the, the uterus kind of stays uh, the same age and has its ability to carry a pregnancy to term well into our, we could be frankly menopausal and still do it. So it doesn't age quite the same way as eggs do. And even though, yes, there are higher risks of being pregnant at higher ages, the ability to, to carry a pregnancy is still there. So, so the risk, when you talk about the higher risk, the uterus, as you're saying, doesn't seem to age like the ovaries. So the uterus, but it's more like our liver, our heart, our other organs may have issues, kidneys, you know, blood pressure during the pregnancy. So those are the risk factors you're talking about, I think. Exactly. And, you know, pregnancy is kind of like a stress test for the body. And as we get older, we may not tolerate physical stress as well. Just same like in pregnancy, there's there's higher risk of, say, high blood pressure in pregnancy, developing diabetes, needing a C-section, all of these risks go up uh, gradually as, as women get older. And, you know, I like you're talking earlier in our discussion is that these women will go through their, their process and um, some of them will continue to try to let them do other cycles and, and they end up conceiving with their own eggs. So it's not always, it turns out they have to do donor eggs. And it reminds me of patients we've seen where a lot of them are like, I've been told to do donor eggs, but I'm just not there yet. And they want to have a couple more tries. And we've worked with women as well where they've gone on to conceive naturally after, you know, IVF unsuccessful cycles or just based on their age or their FSH, AMH, they were told their best chance, which is true, best chance is to do donor mm -hmm. eggs. And so there's still that chance that it may happen with your own eggs. However, as we're talking today about donor eggs, if you're looking to start your family as quickly as possible or grow your family and you're looking for your highest chance, and you have certain blood levels, 
history, age, then donor egg is one of those opportunities that we should be, not that we should be, that we are grateful for, that the technology exists, that this demographic can now still grow their families because of this technology that exists and that we're able to get these donor eggs. A lot of times people balk at the idea of doing donor eggs because a baby would not have their half of the genetics. And for many people, that's really important, understandably so. But I would say, you know, there is something about not just genetics that you're contributing, but the epigenetics of the um, baby that's quite important. Like the way the genes are turned on and off in utero is affected by your lifestyle, how you you know, carry that pregnancy for that long does affect ultimately the health of the baby too. So the fact that you are carrying that baby uh, and being pregnant, that in itself can affect the ultimate life and outcome of, of that child. So there's more to it than just, you know, contributing your half of the chromosomes. And when you really think about it from the biological side of it, it starts off with just this, an egg cell, that's all. And then this being is built, right? That So it's just a blueprint and the food you eat, the thoughts, the feelings, as you're calling the epigenetics, the environment that's going to turn on and off genes is going to impact this health blueprint of your child. And I always share that yeah, you're going to get some genetic code from somebody else, but um, your baby's going to have all your neuroses based on how you how you are in your pregnancy and how you raise your child. <laughs> yeah, how you raise you, your child. You can't yeah. blame the donor. It's still it's good to be you. So you know, it's still like you said, you have great influence on um, the the behaviors and the health of this of this child. You you get to impact it because again, it started off as one cell that you got donated. Then you have your partners, the male sperm. Now you have two cells and then it becomes trillions of cells, right? And, um, mm-hmm. and they need instruction. And uh, we've learned now that we're not necessarily what our genes are, but we're what our genes express, as you shared with epigenetics. Mm-hmm. And how it inter- interacts with the environment. And that's, our, that's the all of AccuBalance integration idea too, because we consider ourselves like the epigenetic doctors. We're all about the diet, the lifestyle, the emotions, things that are going to help turn on, turn on and off genes. And so I, mm-hmm. I like the fact that you're talking about epigenetics here. If somebody says they're ready to do donor egg cycles, realistically, what is the time from when somebody says I'm ready and willing to do a donor egg cycle to grow my family? How how long will that take based on there's so many steps that seems to be involved from going into the embryo transfer stage? Of course, a lot of it depends on how long it takes for the person to choose their egg donor, right? But if that's a pretty quick process, the rest is really number one, you wait, uh, you want to make sure all of your testing is up to date. So most of the time you want to make sure that the uterus is normal. So that usually takes, you know, a month or two to do the testing on the uterus. You want to make sure you've done your genetic screening. So that's usually say the sperm that under the sperm provider does a um, screening for extended carrier screening for genetic diseases. So that takes about a month to do. And a lot of these can happen at the same time. You need to see a counselor, which sometimes takes a couple of weeks to coordinate that. Once that's really done, and it can all be done roughly in all together, that takes, say, a month or two. Then if a person is going with a donor egg company, you give payment to the company. They have the donor eggs already frozen and really ready to be shipped as soon as they receive payment. And shipment takes a couple of weeks. So you could essentially have the eggs arrive probably within a few months of you deciding uh, to proceed with egg donor, if you can choose your donor and see a counselor and get all your testing done. 
reasonably quickly. And then once the eggs have arrived, it's simply picking a date to thaw the eggs, create the embryos. And about a week after that, you would know how many embryos you have available to transfer. Once you have the embryo, it's usually lining that up with the uterus. You wait for the period to come and then can do the embryo transfer roughly three weeks after that. So all in all, a few months. What kind of support or coaching do you help around choosing the embryo? I'm, I just for a moment thought about somebody going in there and looking at where they went to school and all those things. And I think I would be afraid I'm going to choose wrong. So do you guys find that? Like, are people like, they kind of get choice paralysis? Like what, what, again, I really want to know what's, what you're seeing. Yeah, there is that for sure. And Egg donors that are ethnic minorities, certain types of minorities are harder to find. Like, for example, Asian Chinese donors. I have a lot of Chinese patients and they find it can be difficult to find a Chinese donor. So those can sometimes take a bit of searching and waiting for the right donor to come along. Other times people do get really hung up on the little things. And it is almost like dating where you want to find that perfect profile. But the key is really not to get hung up on those little details. You know, you're really just picking a provider of the genetic material, but not not them as a person. So I find that some people do have trouble. I suggest they see counselors and talk with their friends and family. And one thing that I did see in a counselor's letter to a patient who was trying to guide them through how to pick a donor is perhaps looking at the profile and finding characteristics that resonate with their um, loved one's characteristics. Like, for example, if they have a, um, their father who enjoys music or their father who, you know, is really good at math or has some other characteristics or personality that they see in that donor things that are important to them to, to look for things like that versus details like highest level of education or you know, things on paper. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I, I, you know what? The fertility journey can be so such a challenge and, uh, and this is another one. And uh, the good news part is if and when it works, when you get to grow your family, hold your baby, all the stuff you went through seems to just be okay. Like it was worth it, right? But geez, mm -hmm. it is, it is a, a journey. Um, so I kind of want to recap and just jump in and tell me if I'm off on any anything. So from the donor cycle process, once you've created the embryo, it's like a frozen embryo transfer and you line up with the cycle and you do your medications and it's about three weeks until the transfer happens from that bleed to transfer. Yeah. And before that, it can take a couple of months because they have to do counseling, there's genetic testing, there's imaging and testing to make sure the uterus is receptive. And they have to choose the donor. That could be exactly. relatively quick, depending on what they're looking for and ethnicity. And it could be really long if you're if you find it difficult to choose, right? Mm -hmm. And it still requires a, in Canada a referral, right? So they need to be referred to their IVF clinic, have that consult with you, and start that process. Um, so referral from their medical doctor. Yep, exactly. And the success rate, can you repeat the success rate that you guys are seeing for people that are using anonymous donors? Uh, every time an embryo is transferred, about 60 to 65% of those people get pregnant. And to put that in perspective, that's very high compared to that the age group that are trying with their own eggs. Exactly. Like, for example, if we're transferring an embryo from someone who is 40, you can have success rates. Like the national average is you know, roughly 30% percent per embryo transferred and someone who's transferring an untested embryo for someone who's 40 and you know, beyond that, perhaps even lower than that. 
and you and I have not seen anybody with regrets that have done the donor egg. They, it's their baby. Exactly. No regrets. Yeah. It's just the journey of getting there is, is requires some resilience and support. Exactly. If a person is wanting to be a parent, I say if you're if you're open to being a parent, you know, by any means, certainly then the best means is often with donor eggs. And then the known donor, I just wanted to touch on that. Um, we see that, but it doesn't seem as common. This is where you look for a friend or a relative to donate their eggs. And you guys obviously are that you look at their age and they that donor, that's the known donor, still runs through some testing to make sure um, they're a good candidate to donate their eggs. Same thing, the, the potential egg donor also gets a referral from their family doctor or walk-in to see us. They get some testing arranged. And mostly we're interested in knowing that their age is really important in terms of overall egg health, how many eggs they have, so some ovarian reserve tests. And then, of course, we talk about the process, what it would all entail for the potential egg donor. Egg donors, the main thing in Canada is that it's an altruistic process. So people wanting known egg donors are not allowed to give or receive payment for egg donation. So it's all done altruistically. But of course, you get reimbursed for receivable medical expenses. So often, you know, the, the legal fees, the treatment fees are covered by the intended parents. So what's involved is there needs to be legal contracts in place, both parties seek counseling, and then the egg donor does all of their testing and a physical examination, lots of screening, blood tests and ultrasounds, physical exams to make sure that they're physically, emotionally able to be a suitable egg donor. And what a altruistic and an incredible gift that a friend or family mm. member can give to somebody else, right? So they can grow their family. So beautiful. Again, I want to thank Dr. Aru Zhang for sharing some information on donor egg cycles. You can find her over at the Olive Fertility Center here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And we, again, at AccuBalance, go on site at Olive. And there's been many times that we do the acupuncture leading up to the transfer day and on transfer day to support uterine receptivity implantation. And uh, it's always nice to see how excited they are on that day to receive their embryos. And then when we, when they come back nine months later with their baby, no regrets how happy they are. It's great to, to collaborate with you guys and just to help um, people grow their families. It's quite a, quite a treat. Definitely. It's so rewarding seeing the babies. Yeah. Ari, thank you very much for your time today. And I'll see you on site one of these days. Thanks so much, Lauren. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Conscious Fertility, the show that helps you receive life on purpose. Please take a moment to subscribe to the show and join the community of women and men on their path to peak fertility and choosing to live consciously on purpose. I would love to continue this conversation with you, so please direct message me on Instagram at Lauren Brown Official. That's Instagram, Lauren Brown Official. Or you can visit my websites, laurenbrown.com and acubalance.ca. Until the next episode, stay curious, and for a few moments, bring your awareness to your heart center and breathe.